I think before I started hunting, I always thought it was like, yeah, you're guaranteed. Like you're, you're either always going to see an animal or you're like just your success rate. I thought it was like, I think I just thought hunters were killing like animals at just like a mass number, right? Like all the time. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's one thing that was so attractive to me about hunting was that it seems like such a fair way to eat meat. Like you're not guaranteed a harvest at all in any way shape or form welcome to another episode of the wild strength podcast where we talk about all things wild all things strength and everything in between today my guest is elizabeth brownow elizabeth can also be found on all social medias as rookie hunting believe it or not she was actually a vegan and or just eating a plant-based diet before she got into hunting and that is one of the first things that we dive into in this episode um, is yeah her journey from not eating meat at all to hunting and eating wild game um, we talk quite a bit also about being a female in the hunting industry and the experience that she's had the experience that I have had um, generally overall it sounds like we've both had positive experiences in that aspect so that's definitely good to hear um, when Elizabeth got into hunting she went all in she wasn't just deer hunting or wasn't just turkey hunting or she's she's really dove deep into it and taken every opportunity that she's had and she's got into all kinds of bird hunting um and even before that she was a big birder so she loved to just go watch birds um so she talks a little bit about that as well um and then we also end this episode talking about our thoughts on hunting in different countries and high fence hunting so Maybe that's a conversation that you're interested in and you'll have to hang out till the end to hear that one. Uh, but with all that being said, let's get into it. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Wild Strength Podcast. Today, my guest is Elizabeth Brownell, or she is on Instagram and TikTok and all social media as Rookie Hunting. Uh, we're going to get into the walk-up song to start it off here, and then we'll get into introductions. So here we go. Elizabeth chose Barbie Dreams by Nicki Minaj. <laughs> That's one of those, uh, like with the beat in the background that I really feel like with no words in the entire song, I could just vibe to. Yeah, no, I definitely know every single word to that song and that would <laughs> definitely be my walk-up song. Um, I'm like, yeah, low-key barbs. Fan. There's absolutely nothing that. wrong with that. This is uh, our second time recording this, and the first one, the conversation was great. I royally fucked up the audio, um, and so here we are again, and who knows what we talk about this time, even though you guys have no clue what we talked about last time. Yeah, um, I know yeah, we did last time, but yeah, I mean, yeah. we kind of got on here, and I was like, I don't remember. Like, we yeah. didn't really have a set script. We kind of were just shooting the shit and it worked out. So I know it's going to be fine the second time. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as I said, we have Elizabeth Brownell here. Um, I met her through really through Instagram, but through a mutual friend of ours, James with Bow Disciples. Um, I was kind of traveling earlier in the year and just going and spending time wherever my little heart desired. Um, and Elizabeth is located in Virginia. I spent about a month up there staying with a friend of mine. Um, and so I kind of reached out to her and was like, hey, Seems like we're very similar. Let's kind of link up. Let's go do something. Uh, we went shed hunting once. We went 
fishing one time and I caught nothing but stick fish. I believe she didn't, you didn't catch anything. I think we were skunked that day. Yeah. Yeah. It's either crazy, like you're catching a fish like every cast, or it's like yeah. we just kind of had a bad day. I had an off yeah. day. But then your friend came up and within 10 minutes caught the biggest one I've seen. So that yeah. was so cool. Yeah, shout out to Ryan. That was pretty funny. That is like my shad fishing best friend. Like I see him a couple of times a year and it's always during the shad run. Like other than that, I really don't see him. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, clearly he knows what he's doing because we spent hours and caught nothing but sticks mm-hmm. and he just walked right up and caught one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I kind of went up to Virginia, spent some time with her and we are very similar, very much the same person. We get along super well. I love Elizabeth to death. Uh, we've become some, we've become good friends. Um, and she's fresh out of the woods this morning as we're recording this. And so maybe we'll mm-hmm. talk about her season so far. There's no better time to record an outdoors podcast than when you're fresh out of the woods. Uh, but yeah, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself a little bit and kind of tell everyone a little bit about how you had more of like a plant-based diet maybe even as far as to say you were a vegan at one point and then now you are a hunter and what that's looked like for you yeah so I'm 27 and I started hunting when I was 24 um but prior to that like I just always I don't know I was I was one of those people that even in like high school like I hated handling like raw meat like it grossed me out and like I just always felt guilty, like when consuming meat. Um, And it wasn't until COVID, it just kind of made me realize like the fragility of society and kind of like where our food is coming from, right? And I kind of just asked a friend to like take me out hunting. I was like, I just want to see how an animal is butchered. Like it could have been like on a farm. It could have been like anything. Like I just needed to understand how you have like an animal that's alive And then you have steaks. Like that was just such a bizarre concept to me. Like I'd never seen that process. And so he did, he took me out and I even told him, I was like, I'm probably going to cry the entire time. Like I, I swear I won't look at you differently for killing an animal, but like I just thought it was a resourceful tool I could learn, I could see and then like never do it again. And basically what happened is like, I just became obsessed. Like it was the coolest day of my life. It was like the coolest morning. Like everything about it was just nothing what I expected. Like hunters aren't these like evil people that I thought they were. Like they genuinely care for and respect these animals, but it's just a different way to eat meat for a lot of hunters. And so that's kind of what appealed to me. And I decided just to make like an Instagram and you know, I feel like our generation, when you learn something new, you go to social media sometimes, like if it's a recipe, like I go to TikTok, like, Mm -hmm. but in 2020, yeah, I think I was just on Instagram. And so I just kind of looked up like rookie hunting. I was like, there has to be someone who's like showing people how to do this as an adult. Mm -hmm. Like there has to be an account that's like educational where it's like, like rookie hunters. Like that's like, you know, that's what I would call myself. And there wasn't. And so I just, I used that handle. I was like rookie hunting, like this is what it's going to be. And um, I never really thought it would turn into like what it is now. And I definitely just never know what direction to take it. But I feel like I can't hate on it too much because I've met amazing people like yourself. And I feel like the networking is just like never ending. And so I'm super grateful for that aspect. Yeah, a couple of things here. Uh, one, the like the rookie hunting thing. I love that your page is very educational, right? I think oftentimes, or, and I see anyways, and maybe this is just what the algorithm brings me. I don't know, um, but there 
more specifically women in hunting, it is like showing off and, and like men in hunting too. the pages that I come across is just here is my hunting journey. And I'm just showing off my hunting journey, which that's cool too, right? Like there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I love seeing other people's harvest. I love seeing what other people are doing. Uh, but far and few in between are the pages that are very educational. And that's kind of sounds like what your goal was and what you do continue to do is like, hey, it's real, right? Like last season, you didn't harvest a deer and you posted all about that. And you were very authentic about that. Whereas I think most people, if they don't harvest something, it's like, well, I'm just going to shy away and like not let anybody know that I was unsuccessful. And that's part of the learning process, especially as um, a rookie hunter. Um, as you kind of got into, like, I think it's similar for me, you talked about COVID um, and how that kind of was like, hey, I, I see how meat's being handled. I see there's a, there's maybe a point in time could come where I can't get meat anymore. I can't go to the grocery store anymore. And I think in the last recording, we talked a little bit about that too. Uh, um, what was like, when you were, I don't know, even know if I've ever asked you this, when you were kind of vegan, plant-based diet, insert whatever word, um, did you not like me? Did you just like, oh, like, no. what I've was your reason behind that? Like, yeah. yeah, I've always been, because my whole family, like, yeah, I grew up eating meat. So like, definitely wasn't anything like that. Like, it was just, I always kind of just felt guilty about it. Like, mm, okay. Um, but what a little yeah. deer. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I don't know. It was just, you know, my favorite food in high school was probably like chicken wings. Um, and that's like yes. the first time I went like vegetarian. Right. And I was okay. like, all I could think about was chicken wings, but it's like, I was just trying, it was like, yeah, I guess it was, if that answers your question. Yeah. Did you ever try like in that time, the, the vegan meats that all these companies were coming out oh, with? Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Are they even any good? I've never tried them. Um, I will say I I don't want to say no because I really do think it depends how you cook it. Mm -hmm. But I think anything like pretending to be meat is just never going to live up to like what meat is. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah I would agree. So I felt like there was always just like a weird, a really weird aftertaste. Like even if it did taste like mm -hmm. meat-ish, but there was like, oh, just a wonky ass aftertaste. Yeah, I can imagine that. And then you look at, I think, too, I would go and look at the ingredients in it. Yeah, and, and it's I'm like, like how people think they're eating healthier, how how I ever thought I was like eating yeah, healthier. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you, you are because I feel like a lot of like vegan and vegetarian food, like you you can't just like go to like any fast food really. Like you have to like make it at home. And so like you are just okay. eating – healthier in that aspect but yeah you're absolutely right I feel like that kind of stuff it's like yeah just not really like oh that's a whole topic yeah definitely but like you said I think the quality of meat that you get from har harvesting your own game but also from the grocery store like nothing can match that um and that's Personal opinions, you know, not everyone shares those same opinions, but it definitely can't be matched. Uh, you also talked on like how when you shot your first year and we've talked a little bit about this too, how you cried. And, and I had a very similar reaction to my first one um, where the guy that I was hunting with um, like was an older gentleman and like now he's even, I'd even consider him my grandpa. Um, like just has kind of taught me everything that I know about hunting whitetail, at least in Texas anyways. Um, and I like 
at first the my instinctual response was to just like i'm stoked but i don't know how i feel like i i feel this weight of i just killed something yeah. <laughs> and like never have i i've gone like fishing all my life and that's just totally different um but like never have i killed something especially this size it was a pretty decent sized buck that i lucked out on uh for my first harvest and like then shortly after that, I did cry a little bit and he was like, are you not excited about this? <laughs> um, and, and, and I was very much excited, right? Like, heck yeah. I now have, I have, and I am now able to put my own meat on the table. This is what I got into hunting for. Like, I have so much respect for this animal that I just put down, but exactly that I just put an animal down it, and that weighed really heavy on me. What was, I imagine you were feeling like similar things and, and do you still kind of have that response to this day? For sure. Yeah. I think, and I think the, I would say the main thing is like hunting is still a very male dominated, dominated hmm. thing. Right. And so I feel like you see a lot of like men harvesting animals and like, you're not really seeing them like get emotional like that. Like, yeah, like they're adrenaline and they're like, I feel like they just, I, you can't generalize like genders, but I, I just feel like it is a little different. Um, and I feel like a lot more like women, like I think we're just empathetic. Like, mm. and I think that's where it comes from is like, yeah. the yeah, I didn't even grow up fishing a lot. So I remember like the first like trout I kept, like I didn't release, like I literally kept my first trout and like cooked it like over a campfire that night. But even like, as it was like dying in my hands, I was like, oh God, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, so it's just, I don't know. It's, it, it's very like much, you're so aware that you are taking a life. It's the first like thing you've ever killed. Yeah. You know, I, I just, it is, I think it holds a lot of weight. And I feel like, although you're so excited, it's also like, I think you'd be a little bit of a psychopath to not feel like some sort of feeling, whether it be like a somberness or like mm -hmm. a just like profound respect for the animal. Like, okay, like I just took your life, but I'm going to do as much as I can to like respect your life. And that means taking that animal in like an ethical way, but then after like using what you can as part of like the animal and then just like the meat in general, like, I think I think that's how I'm able to justify it, but I still definitely get emotional. Um, and another part of that is adrenaline. I think adrenaline hits people so differently. And so I know when when I feel adrenaline, I sob. Like I just, it's a hard feeling yeah. to. So I feel like with bucks, like I just sob. Like it's like just adrenaline. Um, same thing when I get angry, like if I get really angry, like I just don't know how to feel it. And so instead I cry cause I'm yeah. like, I don't like feeling that way. Like it's just a lot of feelings. And so it's kind of hard sometimes. Yeah, no, I'm definitely the same way. And I think we talked about this a little bit last time. I, in my age, or I don't know what it is, maturity, I'm just an emotional bitch. <laughs> and yep. like, and and, yeah, no, absolutely nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Anything that I feel deeply, any emotion, whether it is anger or happiness or sadness or insert whatever emotion, if I feel it strongly and deeply, I'm probably crying. There's yeah. probably tears in my eyes. Um, but even like, and, and I don't know your thoughts on this, I even feel weird like posing and taking a picture with it. There's something like, and the guy that I, I mentioned, like first guy I ever went hunting with, and he's taught me a lot. 
he was like, that's part of the respect of the animal. And you want to, you want to pose quote unquote with it in a way that is like respectable and whatever. And and so he kind of mentioned that, but I still even feel weird, like posing with an animal, which is, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? (laughs) Yeah. So I, I, before hunting, obviously I was like, look at these psychopaths, like smiling with their dead animals. Like that's what I think. And then I think once I started hunting, I realized how hard it actually is to Mm -hmm. like be successful. And so for me, it's like, I think it's more of maybe not paying like respect to the animal, like obviously doing it in a respectful manner. Like I don't like when people post like just like really gruesome shots of an animal Mm -hmm. or like when it comes to waterfowl, like when birds are still alive, like when they're crippled, like I don't like seeing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like I can like look back on all of like my harvest and like look at those pictures and like it takes you back to that memory. So I think that's kind of how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I, I definitely I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it because I do it. Um, but I, yeah, I definitely it's a good way to remember the moment. But I just know in the moment when I'm sitting there, it's like something about this. Not that it doesn't feel wrong. It's just I'm not used to it yet. Maybe I don't know if that is something that yeah. you get used to. Cause I think like we talked about with those emotions, I still have those emotions going through me. And like, I don't see that there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with it. Like I said, I do it just like mixed emotions about it. Um, you mentioned a little bit like bird hunting, like you've, I respect you and that you've got into like all aspects of hunting, right? Like not just deer hunting or like not just one thing. Um, and that's something that you're very fortunate to be able to do in Virginia. Um, what is do you, is that, is there a certain animal, I I guess, first question that you prefer to hunt? Um, and then also like, how much have you enjoyed bird hunting? I know last time a little bit, you talked about your feelings have changed, um, with some of that over time. So talk about that a little bit. So I feel like once I realized I was wrong about whitetail, I was like, okay, like what else am I wrong about? And at first, Mm -hmm. like I, I'm a big birder. Like I like to watch birds and like just like hike and like look for certain birds. Like I have a checklist of like what birds I'm I'm hoping to see and what I haven't seen yet or what I've already seen and like where and like what date, you know? So like I like birds. So when I started hunting deer, I was also like, all right, like killing a deer is fine. Like it's like steak, right? But like I'm not going to kill any birds. And then as the season progressed, I was like, okay, well, like turkeys in the spring, like maybe I can just try that. I'm like, is a turkey really like a bird bird? Like it's definitely not, you know, I mean, I think they're beautiful in their own right, but Mm -hmm. I I think that's how I justified that. And so once I started turkey hunting, I was like hooked. I was like, it's just so much different being in the woods in the spring, like compared to the fall and winter, like. I think that's the best part of it. You just see such like new life and it just looks so different. Like the same environments you were hunting, but like, I think it's just 10 times better. And a lot of people don't like to hunt turkey in the spring because it's like, you know, chiggers and ticks and all the bugs kind of come out, at least in Virginia. I know this past spring I got poison ivy for the first time. And then the same time I got chiggers. Um, And when I tell you I literally had a fever and like the poison ivy was like all over my face, I had to go get like two shots and they put me on two different medications Um, because the itching, like I could, I didn't sleep for like three days. Like it was so bad. And um, the shots or what? 
No, you got. You said you got chiggers and the poison ivy. It was the opening weekend. I'm not kidding. I got poison ivy and then chiggers, and the chiggers were all over the back of my legs. Ugh. So, like, picture the back of your knee is just swollen from like how many bites you get. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the poison ivy was like my hands all and over my your face. face. <laughs> oh, no. yeah. yeah, and like my neck too. Um, and so. But I really do. I did like turkey hunting and I still do it. Um, waterfowl, I added the next year. Um, and that was kind of like I wanted to try it again. Um, but once I tasted duck, I was like, oh, like duck is phenomenal. Like if you're listening, if you've never had duck, like it's just I mean, it's like one of my favorite foods, to be honest. Um, wood duck in particular, like I I'm impartial to mallards. Like I know some people would say mallards over wood ducks, but I just love a wood duck. Like I think it's just a lot more. I don't know if it's because of their diet and like what they're eating, but I just, it's so good. But you're right. Like lately, again, maybe I'm just getting a little soft. I don't know. But like, I I just don't know how much I'm going to like pursue waterfowl anymore. Like moving forward, I'm just not sure how I really feel about it. Um, I feel like with waterfowl, like you're just always going to have crippled birds. Like it's just something that happens. And I really don't like seeing that. And I I just, it's kind of hard. But also sometimes like no matter how, like where you shoot the birds, like sometimes you just can't find them. Like even if you're hunting with dogs, like, so like you're losing those birds too. And so I just, you know, that's one thing that I was had a, you know, tough time swallowing. So, but I think what I might do, because I still like to eat them, like they're still so good. So I'm like, I told my boyfriend, I was like, you can just, you can hunt as many ducks as you want, like bring <laughs> home all the ducks. But I think yeah. what I might start doing is like next time I go is I might just bring my camera and try to film it mm-hmm. instead of actually like holding my gun and pulling the trigger um, so I think that's kind of how I'm going to approach that and just see what that feels yeah. like. Yeah, that was like, I, I really do want to get into like bird and waterfowl and, and all of that. But I know my, like I grew up shooting a rifle pretty regularly and a handgun, but not at moving targets, right? Um, and I know. Well, that was really, yeah, that was probably the hardest part. Um, like first couple of times I went duck hunting, I definitely didn't hit anything because like, <laughs> You know, I didn't really grow up with guns like that at all. So, like, this was my first time getting a shotgun. And, like, you know, if you're hunting deer, at least without, you know, if you're not doing a man drive or, like, you know, a drive with dogs, like, you're not really shooting at moving deer. Um, Right, yeah. So, like, that swinging action. And then to make matters worse, it's, like, most of the time you're sitting down in the blind. And then you're, like, watching Mm -hmm. the birds, trying not to look up. And then someone will call it and you're immediately standing up and like swinging and, and shooting. And it's just like a hard thing to get used to. Like I went to shoot skeet and I was killing it. Cause like, I think it was just beginner's luck. Like I was shooting skeet and like, it was a lot of fun. And again, like I was nervous to even do it again the second time. Cause the first time I was like, there's no way I did that on purpose. Like I must have gotten lucky. Yeah. Um, And so birds were just different and, you know, all these different types of ducks, like they're flying at different speeds and different altitudes. And so it's just like, it's definitely like, it does take a little bit to get used to. I'm definitely by no means like, am I good? But like, it's fun, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, it's interesting that you say it because my like next comment was going to be, I want to go skeet shooting first before I ever even try bird hunting um, for that reason. But you, yeah, you kind of just said you feel like there wasn't a lot of carryover. I mean, definitely you should, yeah, you should go and just see how it feels to like get that kind of like action. But um, yeah, it's just, it's a weird thing. I definitely, and that's kind of what I did with archery and bow hunting. I shot my bow for like, I think a year and a half before I ever even went out to go hunting. And granted, I wanted to go hunting as soon as I had a bow in my hand, but I know, I don't, I don't know if you've experienced this or seen anyone do this, but in Texas, the bow shop that I would go to, it would be so common for somebody to walk in and get their very first bow. They've never even shot a bow before. They get it all sighted in and they're talking about how like tomorrow was their first hunt. And I'm like, are you serious? I've been shooting. Like I haven't gone yet because I'm still, and not that I was ever really bad. Right. But I just wanted to be really good before I ever even tried to harvest an animal. I I feel like I've never seen that in person, but I've seen it on like social media a lot. Like people like get a bow and they're like talking about it. And then they're like, yeah, I'm hunting this week. And I'm like, I literally like, I bought my first bow in, what was it? In the spring. And even that fall, I was like, no. I was like, yeah, I'm not taking it out. Like the animal, I think, deserves so much more respect than like for you to just. And I think even at the time, like I don't even think. I think maybe why I didn't take it out too was like my poundage. I was still a little like I probably mm. could have taken it out, but I was still on the lower side. So I was like, um, I just didn't. I wasn't confident enough, and I feel like that's what some people kind of. I think they're not. I don't know, maybe not respecting the animal enough because like either they they have this like ego or they're just like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to kill it. It's going to be fine. It's going to be great. But it's like personally, that's just not me. Like, yeah, um, I didn't my compound out until like the following fall, like literally. So, yeah, yeah kind of like a year and a half, like you said. Yeah, it just blew my mind because even shooting at a target is so much different than shooting at a deer. And yeah. like, I don't know about you. I, I, I kind of want to be good at target shooting. Um, just I don't know, it's something to do when like it's not hunting hunt. season. It's not. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I struggle a lot with, and I don't have this problem with animals. And I've talked to multiple people about this and they say it's like a vision thing or like a brain processing thing. Um, when I'm shooting like target archery, like the colored targets, I can put a one by one inch square on 20 yards, 30 yards, 40 yards, and I can shoot it every single time. The second you throw a colored target up that is way bigger than that one by one square, I can't shoot for shit anymore. (laughs) And they say, like, they've said it's the, your brain is processing the different colors that you're seeing. You obviously, like, the aim small, shoot small kind of concepts, like, you have less room for error versus when you have a bigger target, you have more room for error. But I'm like, then you think about that concept and apply it to an animal and that is very much a bigger target than a one by one square. And I don't have that same issue. Um, yeah. So yeah, they kind of mentioned that it was like the processing of the colors and stuff like that. My but- problem is like, first of all, I know like even with a gun, like I know buck fever in a crossbow, like I know buck fever is like very real. Like very even for dogs, like it is yeah. a real thing. Yeah. And what I wasn't expecting, I think, because with my compound bow, like I would always shoot at home. And like I wasn't shooting, mm. like, you know, I think maybe I shot my bow 
when I, when I bought my new one, I would like, you know, they like help you sight it in and stuff and like get it set up. So like, yeah, yeah, I think that was probably like, I was shooting at that little range that they had, but again, it wasn't in front of a lot of people. And so you Mm -hmm. do a lot of tax. So like, I'm interested to see what my first one will be like, but it's like, I, when I did my first like competition and it was a smaller one, but I went up to New Jersey for it. And it was probably like, I want to say like 20 to 30 people, which like isn't a lot, but like everyone, it wasn't like um, 3D animals, right? It was like you had your range and everyone's like standing behind you, like watching. Uh And I think there were maybe like five women there and the rest were men. And what I was not expecting, because again, like I shoot my bow at home, like no problem. Like I'm confident in my groupings, like it's going to be fine. What I wasn't expecting is like having that many people watching, I had the worst. Like you would have thought I was literally aiming at a at a deer. Like I was shaking so bad, just knowing all these people are watching me, they're filming it. Like I'm like just I'm shitting bricks. Like and it was just I did not expect to have that like reaction. Like I, I expected maybe some like social anxiety of like meeting mm-hmm. people. But when it came to, like, the actual, like, archery, like, I I did okay, like, somehow. Like, I think I, I perform well under pressure regardless. But, like, mm-hmm. again, I was shaking so bad. Like, it was so, so bad. Yeah, that's interesting. See, I have experienced not in, in terms of, like, 3D shooting and, like, indoor shooting and stuff like that. I would always go, like, where I was living in San Antonio, where I spent most of my time shooting early on, I had seven yards to shoot at in my garage, and that was it. So anytime I wanted to shoot beyond, like, six or seven yards, I'd have to go to the shop. So I was so yeah. used to shooting in front of people and and then, yeah, going to all the TAC events. Like, that's not been an issue. But what I did find very interesting is I went back to Texas this year for Whitetail, and I was like, oh, opening weekend of archery season um and I was hunting with uh this guy that I hadn't met before ended up like we're good friends now but I knew him through like a friend of a friend and we're sitting in the blind together and I'm like I don't want to draw back in front of somebody that I've like never hunted with or like somebody that I like I was so nervous and, and I don't know maybe because I do better, I think, in, like, larger groups. I don't know. I do good in, like, one-on-one settings, but maybe not in a performance-type way, right? Um, But I've never been more nervous to draw back on a deer than when someone else was sitting in the blind with me, like, watching me do it. (laughs) Is this going to go well? Is it not going to go well? And I've never been, like unsuccessful other like I've obviously had deer like duck to string and all that kind of stuff but like yeah that was big performance anxiety for me and I've never experienced anything like that that was crazy yeah see and I live in the middle of nowhere so it's like if I wanted to drive to an archery range like it would probably be like an hour and like 30 minutes like an hour 25 Mm -hmm. and so I think that's why I just like haven't um but after that competition I was like okay like if this is something I really want to do, like, I want to start, I want to meet you guys and James and Brie, like, when you guys do tax, like, I want to go do it. And I'm like, I've seen the videos, like, there's a lot of people at those events. And it's oh, like, yeah. Yeah. those are far distances. And I'm like, I think I need to, if I know this is a problem, and mm-hmm. I want to keep doing it, like, I need to start exposing myself to it. And like, because it's just, it's, you're right, it's like, not the same um, at all. But yeah, I feel like sometimes hunting with new people too, if it's with my bow, I do get a little bit of like, this is like, 
it, it's it's weird when you're hunting by yourself. I feel like there's no like pressure. Like mm-hmm. if I if I fucked up, right? And if yeah, if like the deer ducks a string, like if I if I don't get a shot off, like that's on me. Like I'm not wa- mm-hmm. I'm not wasting someone else's time, right? Mm-hmm. But if like if I'm hunting with someone and if they're like recording it or like anything like that, I'm like, oh, this is a lot of pressure. <laughs> like yeah 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 he like pulled his phone out to record it and i was like you're like what happens and exactly like the very first time that i put a shot on a deer sitting in the blind with him the deer ducked the string and so then from there on after that like every sit after that i was like oh my god i'm even more nervous now see i feel like i would have been like well can't get worse than last time can't get worse than that (laughs) oh god that was so frustrating that was the first time i had had that happen to me i think and, and this is an interesting thing that I've learned too. Uh, and I have heard that it is more specific to like deer and whitetail and stuff like that. But I do a lot of the 3D target shooting and where they have you like the 10 ring on a 3D target is not in the vitals of the animal, which is weird to me. I don't know why that some of them are close to it, right? Or maybe it's around the liver or the lungs or something. But like, if you want a true like hard shot or, or whatever, the 10 ring is sometimes nowhere near it. Sometimes it's a little bit off of it. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think I, in the instance where that deer ducked the string, you can see it even on the video when he recorded it. I had a perfect 10 ring shot on a 3D target, but that's a little too high for an actual deer. Like I got to shoot mm-hmm. a little low because I have to expect for him to move to maybe duck the string or something like that. Um, and yeah, you kind of see the arrow going and he was like, too bad we're not shooting 3D. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah I'm uh, kind of about that. This was my first summer shooting at like an actual, like yeah, like a target, like not just like the the boxes and like the bags and shit. Like mm-hmm. actually, we have a Glendale um target, mm-hmm. and for me, it was like holy shit. Like I, how I was like, how was I ever even like hunting before without shooting at this kind of target? Because like it does help you really like visualize like where. Yeah. Like, and I think my first buck, like, and that was with a crossbow granted, but like, it was a heart shot. Like, I know I got lucky on that. Like, it was like literally the perfect shot. Um, And I was just like, now I just can't even imagine not shooting at like that target, like, like being able to see and like exactly where my groupings are. Like, I'm like, oh, this is like 10 times better. Yeah. And I've even had conversations with people too. And I've like shot 3D with people who there's a difference between those who shoot who hunt with a bow and those who haven't really ever hunted, but they do a lot of the 3d shooting. Um, you'll see more often than not. And not that like, I don't usually keep score when I'm doing them unless if I am doing it like in a competition or whatever. But usually when we go to the tack events, we don't, James will keep score just because he's consistent and good every time. I don't keep score just because I don't really care. Yeah. Um, no, I don't, I don't think I would keep score either because yeah. like, I don't need to hurt my little, <laughs> I don't need <laughs> a little ego. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I will, but I feel like when I keep score, I shoot worse. And then when I don't keep score, I shoot better. I don't, I don't know why. Yeah. It's maybe another pressure thing. Um, but like I said, those who, who hunt more regularly will tend to shoot not in the 10 ring, but more like a vital shot on where it would be on that specific animal, depending what the target is. And I'll be mm-hmm. like, oh, you're nowhere near the target. And they're like, but that would have been a kill shot. And I'm you're right. You're very right. <laughs> so the transfer is, I think you just have to know as a hunter, like where I'm shooting in the 10 ring on this target, 
maybe isn't the perfect kill shot. And then when I go into a real life situation or you just go to these t- 3D target events and you are shooting kill shots every time you don't worry, you don't keep score. You don't worry about yeah. integrity. Um, but yeah, that, that transfer didn't go well for me at first. <laughs> Um, you mentioned a little bit earlier too, when we were talking about the social media aspect of it, like how women and men kind of see it a little differently. What has been like your experience as a woman, a rookie hunter going to social media about it? What has that been for you? I think it's funny because I think as a female hunter, you get a lot different reaction in like real life, like face to face, like person to person than you do in social media. And what I mean by that is, like, I kind of feel for guys who are adults who want to get into hunting. They're like, how do I start? Because I think as a female, like, I'm just going to be honest, like, it's pretty easy to get people to want to take you. Like, mm-hmm. I think men naturally want to teach women things. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I mean, would you agree with that? Like, I feel like men feel... No, absolutely. Anytime I've talked to, like, a guy who hasn't ever hunted before and they're like, how do you get into that? It was easy for me, relatively. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that is a pro. Like, if you are a woman listening who wants to get into hunting, like, it's so easy to ask. Like, and like you said, yeah, your so- first, like, mentor was, like, this older gentleman. I have a lot of, like, and they, I, one of them, like, in particular, I used to work with him. And during COVID, we would literally, like, bring our laptops and we'd go on the golf course and, like, we would just shoot the shit. And then, you know, he was hunting, too. So it was, like, he just became kind of, like, yeah, just, like, my old man friend. And, like, he'll, you know, always invite me to his property. And, like, we're just, you know. But So as a female, it is easier to get into it. Um, But also I've had, like, really positive reactions of, like, running into people on public land. And it's like, I've never ran into a female. Well, actually, that's a lie. I I ran into my first female on public land this spring, this past spring. um, And she was with her boyfriend and they were traveling from, like, Alabama, I think. And that was, like, the first time. Like, other than that, I always just run into men. And I feel like I've always had just really positive experiences where they're like, good for you for like, mm-hmm. like you're out here by yourself. Like that's badass. Like I never see female hunters, like, you know, just a really like encouraging thing. Whereas on social media, mm-hmm. I don't know why men just assume you're doing it for attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't, I don't like it. I don't get it. Because I feel like I see so many like male hunters posting things that I'm like, I know 100% if a, a female hunter posted that, all the comments would be complete opposite from like that original post. They would just be like, you're doing shit for attention. Like you're you're trying to get into hunting for attention. Like you're trying to like, just, I don't fucking know. And so like, I try to be careful about what I post because I'm like, I know I'm going to get that kind of reaction anyway. So like, I really do. I try not to like feed into it. I feel like if you went to my post, like in, into my page, I'm, I'm definitely struggling. You said earlier, like my page is educational. I, I feel like I'm struggling on that aspect to like tell people what to do or how to do it. But I do try to be very authentic and genuine about like, Mm-hmm. hey these are my fuck-ups like you can always learn from for my sure, yeah. lack of success or like you know my my mess-ups for sure um because I want people to know like it is a genuine thing I don't care about whatever attention is coming but I, I feel like that is the difference like in person I've never had 
you know, mm. a man tell me I'm hunting for attention or anything other than like encouragement and social media. I just feel like it's such like a negative, negative thing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I've had similar experiences. And I think like back to what I had said earlier, as far as maybe like feeling weird about taking a picture with it, the whole grip and grin thing, I think that stems from, I don't want to be perceived as someone who's doing it for the attention, right? That's not absolutely not why I got into this. Um, I think my, my reason and even just sharing any of it at all on social media is to connect with people like you, like we mentioned earlier, like I've met so many freaking cool people through hunting social media, through outdoors, like all of that stuff. And I genuinely believe that like the kind of people who put themselves in, who do challenging things like hunting is not an easy thing to do. You're not always successful. So like, you're going to find people who relate to you more so. And, and you're like, especially you, like you said, you kind of live in the middle of nowhere. You're not going to meet that many people there. And so like, social media does have a really huge role in being able to meet people in that setting. Um, And so that's really why I do it just to meet people. And I I love meeting people. I'll talk to anyone and everyone. Um, But yeah, I don't want to be perceived as that girl who did it for the attention, who's Mm -hmm. posting for all the likes, who wants to like look good all the time because there are those women and good on them. Like girl, do your thing. You look fucking good. You got the tits. You got the ass. Like, like, yeah, yeah, I feel like there are some women and you could say the same thing about men. There's some men who like are making it a little thirst trappy, you know, yes. um, yeah. social media. So like there are some women out there who if you go to their page and they have like, you know, thousands of followers and everything and you scroll and it's like a little, yeah, it's a little um, like they're sexualizing themselves like in the mm-hmm. outdoors. Like mm-hmm. that is a very common thing on one thing i don't think you should maybe use like the outdoors to sexualize yourself like when it comes to hunting yeah specifically hunting um and fishing i don't know why people think if you're fishing in a bikini like that's sexualizing yourself like i'm sorry like i live in virginia like if it's It's in the 90s i'm not sometimes i will wear like the fishing long sleeve but sometimes i'm gonna wear my fucking bikini and i don't i try not to post a lot of that but also like yeah if I do, fuck off. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but so there are some women that are doing that. And on one hand, I'm like, you definitely shouldn't like use animals to do that. Yeah. And then part of me, yeah. I'm like, get your bag, sis. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just hard. I think I should, yeah. Yeah. Personally, I try not to. But also, like, I'm definitely not going to like shit on somebody for, for doing yeah. that. Like, personal choice. Like, personal preference. Like, I feel like a lot now, like, I just... I feel like I used to wear makeup, you know, when I maybe first started hunting and it's like now I like, I rarely wear it. Like I'm not trying to like ever look good. So I just, it's like, get your bag, but then, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, but like, for sure. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, and with anything in life, like being, I think that's the biggest struggle as a female period, like not even in the outdoors is yeah. yeah, Hell yeah. Do your thing. Like you look damn good out there. You're crushing Mm -hmm. it. You have thousands of followers. You're probably getting money from this. Like I'm not making a dime (laughs) off of this. It's like, wow, I could pay off my student loans if I just like, (laughs) 
you know, but I'm like, okay, you know what? It's yeah. fine. Like, let me just not think about the numbers that I could be making. Yeah. Let me just live my little just, life. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. So I'm not, we're not shitting on anyone who does that. Um, mm-hmm. Do you girlfriend, because you're crushing it. You're making more than I ever will out of this. But yeah, exactly. I, just, I don't want to be that person. And that's our, our personal opinions. That's what we choose to do with it. Um, and I, and I guess yeah. to, to wrap that all up, I don't like that a lot of men on social media, like, I feel like they that's they group all the women into that. When mm-hmm. I feel like you can clearly see differences when yeah, you go to yeah. people's like social media. It's just different. And I don't know if it's I mean, I don't know. That's just I guess that's how I don't wanna I don't like the patriarchy, but like I think that's just how it is, right? Like, but like you say, even in person, like I've had the same experience um as you have in person where like I meet guys at the total archery challenge or, or through hunting or at the bow shop or whatever and incredibly nice people and they're say the same things hell yeah I'm glad there's a female who's doing this like you're a badass chick who's out here you're doing the damn thing you're crushing it we need more women doing this we need more, more women being representative of and I think maybe they recognize in person and it's probably same for you that we, we are genuinely in this because we enjoy it and we're doing it for, I don't, the right reasons, quote unquote, not that there's a wrong reason per se, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and they recognize that in person because they're around you and they can talk to you. Um, but yeah, then on social media, they just group you with every other woman who's doing it and they want to shit on you for it. And it's like, I promise that's not why I'm here. So that, mm-hmm. not even, and so not even just like pictures with an animal, like that just makes it hard for me to post in general. I don't, yeah. I don't have the desire to be posting all of the time because I just feel like the more often that I do, the more likely I am to get grouped into something that I don't want to get grouped into. And social media is a never ending cycle. It has its pros and it has its cons and I don't ever know which is better. It just depends on the day. Yeah. What, um, so you talked a little bit earlier too, like hunting in Virginia specifically. I think we mentioned you're fresh out of the woods this morning as we're recording this. So yeah, I want you to talk a little bit about how your season has been this far. Um, but also I know you've talked a little bit about the struggles of hunting public land. Like that's one thing that you're really big on, on your page as well. Um, and then kind of what that's been like in Virginia versus hunting private land and stuff like that. Okay. So (laughs) when I first started hunting, um, I like my very first season, I went with friends and they, they took me out on private land. And that was very much like they put me in a stand, like they put me in a blind and I was using their weapons kind of thing. Um, And that's kind of how I got into it. But I knew like I didn't really like relying on someone else's schedule. I didn't really like relying on someone else's like property. So I was like, how can I start hunting by myself? Um, And I Googled it and it was like public land. And I was like cool what the hell is public land like even as a hiker like I never went to like WMAs like that wasn't really where I was going I was more going to like national parks and like state parks and that kind of stuff um and so I went to my buddies and I was like what is public land and like how can I hunt it and they were like oh like if you want to die like you can hunt public land like you're definitely gonna get shot like you should not go on public land and I was like okay yeah I'm gonna I'm going to, I don't own land. Like I'm going to go hunt public land. So then the next, I guess that would be like two years. I hunted all public and federal land. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I say all, but I will say like if someone invited me on their private, like I would go hunt. I'm not going to say no to hunting private, but I didn't own land. I even bought my house in 2021. It only has an acre and I can't really hunt. You can't hunt on an acre. So it's like I definitely just relied on what was in my area. Um, With that being said, I started hunting with a self-climber because it was like mobile hunting and I hadn't really gotten into like saddle hunting yet. And I was able to find like success on public land and federal land for turkey and for a little bit of waterfowl, but mostly deer. And this season's just completely different. (laughs) Um, I am pregnant. And so I'm just unable to carry my self climber. Like it, it's about 18 pounds, but with everything else, like that's just too much to walk in on public land, like where in federal land, where I've been hunting. Um, and I just got really lucky because like my boyfriend, like he has a lot of access to private land. So this mm-hmm. season's been completely different, even than that first year of hunting, because um, I've been basically saddling from like ladder stands or I've been sitting in ladder stands. So it's like, they're already pre-hung. We moved a couple. I even bought like a two-person ladder stand. So like I could bring friends with me Uh if they want to sit with me and like show them how it, you know, it works. And so it's just been a lot different. I will say it's been a lot easier. Like it is Uh so nice just being able to like know where I'm going to, know nobody else is going to be in that area. um, And just have a light, like such a lighter pack out because being pregnant sucks and I fucking hate it. Um, so I'll just say that it's just really hard and like I'm out of breath all the time. So like, I can't even imagine like picking up my self climber right now. Um, but so this season's been a lot different for me. Um, last season I, you know, was my first with my compound bow and I was like unsuccessful. Like I was just surrounded by does with fawns, which personally I won't shoot or I was surrounded by yearlings or some of the federal land I hunt, you have antler restrictions, so they were too small. And so, yeah, this season I've been using my compound, but honestly, like the second muzzle loader came in, I took out my muzzle loader and I harvested uh-huh. a doe, which was like really nice. Like again, my freezer has been empty, so it felt good just kind of to knock off the rust. I like literally had to remember how to gut a deer. And I was like, okay, like, I'm so glad the nausea has gone. Like I can do this without like vomiting on the deer. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of what it's been like this season. Yeah, I know we've talked a little bit outside of this before about public versus private and then hunting in Virginia versus hunting in Texas and hunting in Colorado. And in Texas, there's very little public land. Um, so you can imagine like the public land that there is, is very heavily hunted. Um, and so it's just not even worth the time or the effort usually. Um, and then it's mostly all private land. So if you want to hunt, it's at someone else's, if you don't own your own land, it's at the cost of somebody else's, um, whether that's, you're just, you have a buddy or so, you know, someone who owns their land, or you have to go hunt with a guide of someone else who, who has their own ranch or their own property. Um, and so that was like, a struggle that I had being in Texas was I didn't own my own land and I was meeting people who had land sometimes, but like I even knew a couple people at the bow shop who like they had leases, but just the circumstances of the lease was that no one outside of them could hunt on it. Um, and that's not the case for all of them, but just a couple of people that I had talked to. 
Um, and then I had scheduled a like spring turkey hunt with someone and the guy ended up canceling on me last minute. And it was like the last weekend of the spring season. And I was so frustrated. I understood why he had to cancel, but I was frustrated because I would have been out there anyways. Like I, I was fully prepared to go out that weekend and any other weekend beforehand, but I even had to wait until that last weekend because that was when it was scheduled and I couldn't go out really any other time in the season. Cause I had no really nowhere else to go. Um, and it was, yeah, at someone else's discretion. And then I moved to Colorado and I've hunted nothing but public land here so far anyways. Um, and very, also very different than Texas, just from a variety of things and reasons, but they're running into other hunters and like, that was new to me because I'm used to just being the only one there. Like private land is nice. And, and it doesn't, I think initially I, had the impression that if you're hunting private land or if you're hunting with a guide or an outfitter that you're guaranteed success every single time that was my impression of it i very quickly learned that's not the case uh, mm -hmm. and even here in colorado like if you have so much private land and there's mountains and all of that like success is especially in archery uh maybe maybe there's more success in, in rifle hunting out here but especially in archery, it's never guaranteed. You have a higher likelihood maybe of it on private land. And like you said, there's no one really else that's there. But I'm also on a lot of like Facebook pages and stuff like that, that are specific to hunting here in Colorado. And you just see all the success that people have on public land. And I think that's encouraging. And I even enjoy, I enjoy a good challenge. I think I mentioned this like earlier mm -hmm. on. And there is more of a challenge in public land hunting. Uh, hunt, hunting? I said that like there was a D in it. <laughs> in public land hunting. Um, but it's just, uh, like I was talking to a buddy yesterday and I was like, sometimes, depending on the season and the game that you're hunting, like whether it's archery or rifle and the game that you're hunting, like you could end up hunting other hunters. Like I've heard, I think um, here in Colorado, they I don't know when muzzleloader season was in the past, um, but I know right now it's in the middle of archery season. So archery runs all of September and muzzleloader is for like a week and a half or two weeks in the middle of September. Um, and there was an archer who has, or a bow hunter who was shot by a guy hunting with a muzzleloader. And I remember like, reading that. Yeah. That's so scary to think about that that could be a possibility on, on public land, but yeah, gotta risk it to get. I, I like that you said, um, hunting is like, because I think before I started hunting, I always thought it was like, yeah, you're guaranteed. Like you're you're either always going to see an animal or you're like just your success rate. I thought it was like, I think I just thought hunters were killing like animals at just like a mass number, right? Like all the time. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that was so attractive to me about hunting was that it seems like such a fair way to eat meat. Like you're not guaranteed a harvest at all in any way shape or form like I know that very well right no matter the circumstance yeah no matter the circumstances like everything can be perfect and then you can still fuck up like so it's just very much like a fair way to I think I think the animal just has such a good, a good chance you know especially with bow hunting and so I think that's again another reason I can justify hunting and like my transition to hunting and everything like that it's just like a fair way to like that animal always has a chance. Like those animals, like their senses, you have to beat that at the end of the day. Like you have to beat everything. And mm -hmm. so I think it's just such a rewarding way to live because like, it's not easy. Like it is a very challenging thing and it's a fair thing, I think. And very primal in nature too. I think another reason I got into hunting was just wanting to live a more like primal lifestyle and not have mm -hmm. like everything handed to me per se. 
uh, and hunting, like you said, it's it's a fair chase at the end of the day. You're, you're not guaranteed. You don't know um, if you're going to get this animal. And, and these animals are built as also as humans, but these animals are built to survive, especially like they've been running from hunters all of their life and predators too, right? Not just hunters. Oh, yeah, like, and other predators. Sure. They're learned that or they they've learned that over the course of their life. Um, and like you mentioned, you can have a rifle in your hand. And some people might argue there's greater success in rifle hunting than bow hunting or, or with a muzzleloader or shotgun or, or whatever it is that you're hunting with, that there's more success in one versus the other. But at the end of the day, for me anyways, that adrenaline is the same when I'm about to take a shot, no matter what's in my hand, no matter what I'm about to take this animal with. And that heavily impacts the shot. And it's never a guaranteed shot. Um, I don't care how good you are. Now, the better you are, maybe more likelihood of success and a better shot. Um, but it's never guaranteed at the end of the day. And I think I appreciate not just from like a hunting perspective, but yeah, the challenge perspective, like I appreciate that part um, about it as well, that it's it's never guaranteed. And then, you, yeah, once you're sitting there and you're eating it, you feel and I imagine everyone feels this way. It's so much different. Like I did this. This was me. I'm feeding myself. I put my own yeah. food on the table. And like, to me, that's unmatched. Um, I don't know. That it is for food. sure. I think it's just a good way to like eat and like fuel your body. I think I go in like my deep freezer and I'm like, there, there you know, there's fish from Alaska that I caught. Like there is, you know, um, ducks from even last year that I shot. Mm-hmm. Um, there's deer now that, you know, I harvested. And so like, there's just, you know, I don't have any turkey left, but like, you know what I'm saying? There's just there with hunting. I feel like the options are like endless for like the variety of meat you're consuming. Um, and I think it's just, it's so much more special, like looking at the date on a package of like something in your freezer and like being like, wow, like I remember that day, like I did this. And then I took it home and I did all the work to package it up. Like that was, it's, it's just, it tastes better. Like you can't, it's probably all in your head for me, you know what I mean? But like, it just tastes better when I think you have that whole process to look back on. Yeah, no, I would agree. What are your thoughts on random question? But it kind of like this conversation sparked it on hunting and like other countries because you can't bring the meat back. Yeah. Um, I had a friend kind of explain it to me because her and her family went to Africa and they did a lot of hunts over there. Mm-hmm. And originally I was like, absolutely not. Like I would never like, that's mm-hmm. fucked up. Um, but the way she explained it is like the animals we have, like you see, you know, deer in such prevalence, like with, it's like, you know, they're populating North America. Um, it's like, they just have different animals that you would see in that much abundance, if that makes sense. And then it's, like, they're killing that animal and then, like, feeding it to, like, local tribes. Mm -hmm. So, it's like, yeah, they can't bring it back, but it's not, like, the meat's just going to waste and they're taking the horns. Like, so, I don't know. I don't know if I would ever do it, but I'm definitely not going to, like, judge anyone for doing it. And to be honest, if the opportunity came up and it was just something, like, maybe once in a lifetime and I, I know, like... I don't know. I guess I'm I'm still up in there. I'm not sure if I would do it, but I can't just say like, no, I wouldn't like on the spot. Yeah. I have mixed thoughts on it too. Um, Cause I think initially I thought if I can't bring the meat home, then what I'm trophy hunting and I have nothing against trophy hunting either, but I got into hunting to put meat on the table, uh, but for conservation efforts and, and all of that as well. Um, so then once someone, yeah, explained it probably very similarly that it is, it's conservation over there. And a lot of times 
more often than not, they are giving that meat to local communities and you are feeding the locals uh, at the end of the day. And you get to try it, obviously, when you're there, depending how long you're there for. Um, And then when I think about me personally, if I would do it, I think if there's a specific, like, I would love to go on a fallow hunt. Those are not native to America. Yes, I could fly to Texas tomorrow and I can harvest a fallow buck uh, for the Lord knows how much money it's going to be down there. And I can have that meat to myself. And I think that's cool. Like Texas is really big in exotics, uh, like non-native animals. You can hunt literally anything you want in Texas. And I think that's a really cool part about it. Um, and you, at the end of the day, you get to take the meat home with you. But I think for me, if I want to hunt an animal, quote unquote, and it'd be considered an exotic to me because it's not native here. But if I go to where that animal is native to you, it's not an exotic anymore, I guess. I want to do it in their country. I want to do it where they're Absolutely. native to. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I think I agree. like the whole high fence where they're like shipping in these crazy animals. Like yeah. I definitely would never do that. Um, and I think every country it differs. Like I had a coworker who shot a moose in Canada and he did get the meat back here. So. I think you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah. So um, I don't know what those laws are. Yeah. I know in Mexico though, you can, because I knew a guy who guided in Mexico um, but they do the same thing. They give it to like the villages there. Um, yeah. But Mexico is really big, especially kind of the border uh, to South Texas, um, like yeah. big trophy whitetail. Um, and so okay. people go down there specifically yeah. for the antlers, for the mount, but they do give that meat to the locals. Um, but yeah, if that's like, if I want to harvest an animal like that, you can hunt elk in Texas. Elk don't freaking live in Texas, yeah. dude. <laughs> I would yeah. never harvest an elk in Texas. Never. I don't care if it's the biggest thing I've ever seen in my life. It walks right in front of me at 10 yards. I'm sorry. I'm not pulling back on it. Something just does not feel right about that to me. Yeah. Um, but where they're native to, where, they re- where they're regular to, um, I think that I would definitely do that, but it's not an opportunity that I would seek every year, right? There's people who go every year to South Africa or who go every year to these different countries. Yeah. And I feel like that would be like a, a once in a, once in a lifetime. Kind of, yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I just, I, I have done Axis in Texas, which they're not native to Texas. And I actually, someone told me where they're, na- where they're from and I don't remember uh, but I know you can hunt axis in Hawaii too. And that's a big dream of mine is an axis hunt in Hawaii. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, because I know they've been in Texas for so long, like I don't feel wrong about it. Maybe if I were to find something else out about it, I might feel differently, but I've been on like a ranch before where I, I was axis hunting and yeah, there's fallows. There's just like all these other animals. I'm like, Oh, they're beautiful. But yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> I just don't have it in me to do it. But yeah, I'm glad you feel similarly about that. Cause I think, and like I said, there's nothing wrong with the trophy hunting. There's nothing wrong with going to do it for the mount. Heck yeah. It looks freaking good on your wall. And if I come in your house and that's what you did, I'm going to comment on it because I'm going to think it looks cool. Um, but yeah, just a different strokes for different folks kind of thing. But we're coming up on the end here. And I've asked you this already. Cause like I said, we've recorded this before and I just royally fucked it up. Um, but we'll have you answer again for everyone to actually hear what, mm-hmm. what does wild strength mean to you? Um, and you, that answer can be related to the outdoors. It doesn't have to be, uh, or how are you kind of displaying wild strength in your life right now? Um, I think I'd have to go back to the food, right? Like that's why I hunt. So I think just like being able to know you're being so self-sufficient, 
Like that's such like an encouraging and like confidence boosting and like just an independence that you'll, I don't think you'll find otherwise. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and then being able to take that, all that like food, your heart, you're harvesting, like you've, you've killed, you've processed, you've done that whole thing to then like eat it and like fuel your body to like go chase other adventures and like other things. I think that is literally like, that's just how I want to keep living. Like that is the epitome of what I want to do. Yeah, no, I think that's a great answer. And I think this could be a whole nother like long conversation, but I'll just kind of touch on it. I was listening to your podcast the other day with um, Matt Ranella. Is that his name? <laughs> and, yeah, uh, that was so, but he had some really good I points. Was like, he got, so he has such good points and then he like just takes it too far. You know For what sure. I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, it was hard not to get emotional. I feel like he was like coming after me and I was like getting a little flustered. I was like, you know what? Fuck. Like, this it was intense. Cute. There are moments where I was like, oof, I feel for her. It got pretty intense. But he does, he makes some good points. And the only reason I bring this up is because I was about to say, I really like your answer. And I like wish that more and more people felt similarly, similarly about that because the ability to yeah harvest your own meat and it's fuel for your body at the end of the day and it's nutrient dense food that you're getting um to live a long healthy lifestyle and i just feel like he was really shitting on like more people knowing about it and it sucks yeah maybe there's you're gonna year after year run into more and more hunters and it sucks but that increases the challenge of it to me um and like just makes me want to be even better at being a hunter um yeah. because you- I, I feel like his I, no matter how much he said it I feel like he said he wasn't gatekeeping but at the end of the day like yeah I think you're right I was like more hunters yeah it might make it a little harder yeah I might run into more people but at the mm-hmm. end of the day like if that means they're also like getting to reap the rewards of like what hunting is like what it truly is mm-hmm. And I'm not upset about that. The mental aspect, the physical aspect, the nutritional aspect of it. Yeah, more and more people that do that, I'm not upset about it at all. And I, yeah, gatekeeping for sure is what he's doing. And it sucks. Yeah, people are in your freaking spots, but up your game. That makes me just want to be even better at a hunter and makes me want to go a little bit deeper in the woods, find better spots and switch you. That's life at the end of the day, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this has been great. Thank you so much for doing this again. Um, I apologize for messing up the first time. All right, guys, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Wild String Podcast. I'm really terrible at remembering to ask my guests, where can you find them uh, or where can they be found if you personally want to go reach out to them? And so as evidenced by this one, I did forget to ask Elizabeth again, um, but you guys can find her on TikTok, Instagram, uh, whatever social media you like to use as Rookie Hunting. Um, it was a platform that she really tried to start at to be more educational, honestly. She's very vulnerable about her hunting experiences, her wins and her losses and everything in between. Um, so go follow her at Rookie Hunting. Uh, incredible person. She puts some good information out there. Um, and also, if you like this podcast, if you could follow, like, comment, subscribe on whatever platform that you're listening to. I put it on Spotify podcast. I put it on Apple podcast. And the videos are available on YouTube as well, if that's your jam and you like to watch the videos.